Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, welcome to another episode of Aging in Style with Lori Williams. Today's show is all about mindset, positive mindset, which is so important to all of us, no matter our age, but especially in midlife and as we age. So today, I'm so excited to have with me a uh, professional speaker, midlife and positivity expert, Christy Largent. And Christy and I met at a business book club last year. And I just love her positive attitude. And she's a great inspiration. So I'm excited to have her here to share her knowledge with us. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Christy is a professional speaker and online entrepreneur focusing on helping women make their midlife their happiest life. She does this by helping them discover and refine their midlife mindset so that they can live the life they've always wanted. She's the founder of the Midlife Happy Life Community. I love that. Christy has a diverse background, having worked both locally and internationally as a professional speaker and teacher. She has a BS in political science and communications and has done extensive study in the area of positive psychology. Christy started the podcast, Encouraging Words for Working Moms, in 2016, and will soon be launching her new podcast for midlife women called Midlife Happy Life. Christy was the co-host of the Northern California PBS TV show, The Forum, for five seasons, and she is the author of the best-selling book, 31 Positive Communication Skills for Women. When she isn't speaking or coaching clients, you can find Christy sneaking in a workout or a quick lunch with her husband in between chauffeuring her two school-age kids to and from music lessons and tennis practice. Christy lives in Flower Mound, Texas. So Christy... Yay, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I forgot how long that introduction was. <laughs> Sorry <laughs> well, about that. <laughs> no, that's fine because I think it tells us um, all about you and, and shares what an expert you are on mindset and positivity. So why don't we just jump in and... Um, Let's hear about you and let's sure. talk about mindset. Well, I love what you're doing, Lori. I just have always uh, thought so much about the aging process really is between your ears, right? And Absolutely. I remember being in high school and looking at my dad, who was then probably in his 40s, saying, what do you feel like when you're old? <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, well, Christy, I feel the same as I did when I was 17. And I'm just surprised when I look in the mirror. That's all. You know, he really had that. And today, the interesting thing is with that mindset in his 40s, today he's in his 80s and he runs three or four miles a day. He bikes 15 or 20 miles a day. He is super active, uh, plays in a couple different bands. He still plays trombone. He is, uh, it's really interesting when he was like 77, maybe 
he had been in commercial and residential real estate basically his whole career. And he's still working because he's so active. And he decided he wanted to be a cruise ship speaker. And so I said, okay, well, I know some speaking friends who are cruise ship speakers. Let me put you in touch with them. And he connected with them. He got certified. And when he was like 78, maybe, because he had always traveled extensively. Like when he was in college, he had traveled uh, on uh, trips with the University of California, Los Angeles and uh, Stanford doing different kinds of uh, trips out like to India. He was in India for three months as a high, as a college student. So he's always really been uh, into travel. He's always traveled a lot. Well, when he gets certified as a cruise ship speaker, he goes out and doggone it. If he isn't out becoming one of their most requested speakers on celebrity cruises and Viking cruises. I mean, he just he went for it. And I and of course, when COVID hit everything, in fact, in March, I was talking to him. He was on a cruise in Australia. I'm like, you do you have any idea what's happening in the world right now? And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> I'm like, well, it is not, it's not looking good. And so he go, he came home and he was supposed to go back out for a brand new celebrity ship on the 1st of April. Well, obviously that didn't happen. So he pivoted and he re he re-energized his re, uh, real estate business. And now he's like going gangbusters real estate. And I add to all this, he moved uh, two years ago to live in Georgia near my sister he moved from California to Georgia. So it's not like he has a whole huge pool of people he's known yeah, forever. He started now, this over. is an 80 year old man who wow. is making I just was with him a couple of weeks ago. He is totally making the most of life. And it's and all between what, your ears, right? It is. That's what I love to hear, because, you know, working in with seniors, I get calls and I was sharing this with you. I'll get calls from someone who's 50 and they think they're old. And then I'm talking to someone who's 95, who is just, you know, living life to the fullest. And it is, it is mindset. There's no other way about it. Yeah. And you know, my grandmother, his mother lived to, to almost a hundred. She was two months shy of a hundred. And I would visit her at the time she was living in a re assisted living and um, for her last two years of her life. She lived alone till she was 98, mm -hmm. yeah, 97. <laughs> and uh, I said, Nana, how do you like it here? And she said, oh, it's okay, Christy, except, well, there's all these old people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Nana, so you are the oldest one here. And we just laughed and she goes, well, I don't feel like it. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's an interesting thing. Like you were saying, you asked your dad when he was 40 how it felt. And, you know, I'm the same way. I, I feel like I'm still 25. And then I look in the mirror and that's kind of shocking. But, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but it's okay. I still feel 25. Yeah. Thank God for filters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, what what goes on with someone who is 50 and yet they feel like they're 80? I mean, they look in the mirror and they see an older person. I mean, how I've often wondered, how does that work? Well, it's so the funny thing about mindset and the good news about mindset is that you can have whatever mindset you want. And there is just the research is compounding. University of Pennsylvania has done so much work in this area. And basically, you are as happy, just like Abraham Lincoln said, you are about as happy as you think you are. And the good news is you can control your thoughts. And when you control your thoughts, then you can control your feelings. They go, to, they go hand in glove. So you wake up feeling horrible 
what do you tell yourself? Oh my gosh, I'm so old. This is just how it's going to be the rest of my life. And I don't, you know, I, it's not going to get any better. And my best days are behind me. Do you hear that train of thought? When somebody does that, what do you think their life is going to be like? Right. They're miserable. not going to be happy. They're going to be miserable and, and they're going to find everything wrong. Instead, you wake up and you feel horrible and you say, well, I'm glad I can start feeling better today. I am going to do something that's going to make me feel better. And you go for a walk or you pick up the phone and call a friend or you do the behaviors. You think the thoughts and then you do the behaviors that change your mindset. And that's why, you know, I've worked on this topic of mindset for many years. I got my start speaking in the area of communication skills and teaching people how to get along in the workplace. That's what I've done since 2000. And the whole thing comes down to mindset. I mean, whether you're working with somebody that you can't stand, well, what do you do? I mean, you have to work with them. So who can, can I change her? No. Who can I change? Myself. So that's really the starting point is you have to say, what do I want? And what do I exactly. want my, my last half of my life to be like? Mm -hmm. And you can't change the situation that we're aging. <laughs> you know, we just are. But you can, like you said, have the mindset, I'm getting older. And thank God for that. Thank God I woke up this morning and I have another day in exactly. front of me. Well, and it's what you focus on, which also comes to mindset. Like uh, my dad, a couple years, I'll use him as an example because he's just such a, um, this is just how he lives his life, right? And so this is normal for him. But actually, uh, 17 years ago, he was diagnosed with colon cancer. And really? yeah, and, and he had always been very active and, and healthy, but he had, mm, he had bleeding and he didn't go have it checked out. And uh, unfortunately, it went to stage two, I guess, or it was outside his colon. So they did the surgery. They got it all. But they said, we want you to do chemotherapy. Well, he ended up almost dying from the chemotherapy. So that was that was 16 years ago. But, but he turned it around. I mean, do you think he wakes up every day and thinks, I wonder when the cancer's coming back? No. And, and there are people who do that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's the choice. Well, as one, he's had a, a couple repercussions. You know, he has some issues with his esophagus now that he has to be careful with. And also his feet, he has like a tingling in his feet all the mm -hmm. time. Well, you would never know it. Like you could use that as an excuse for why you can't be active, or you can use that as an excuse for why you need to be active. Exactly. And so again, what is that? That's your mindset. That's how you think about things. I know. And the thing with like in senior communities, what I always love to see when I can go visit, not now because <laughs> of COVID, but yeah. I love to see these people who are exercising. Okay, so maybe you're 85 and you're using a walker. Guess what? You can do chair exercises. You, there's always another way that you can, you know, accomplish a goal. So it's it's not going to be like you're not doing Jane Fonda aerobics like maybe you did in the 80s, but <laughs> you can do seated exercise. You can do yoga. There's so many different ways that you can remain active. Absolutely. And there's so many resources, you know, the active living communities. I, I like to laugh and say they are like cruise ships on land. Mm -hmm. They're so awesome. And if you don't live in one of those and you're still, you know, you're living in a just a normal home or an apartment, there are so many resources available. There are. There's senior centers. There's I mean, there's so many things you can do and and 
volunteer. And that's, that's one of the biggest things. There's so many opportunities for people to volunteer, no matter what your age is. So I, there's one gentleman, and I've mentioned him before. He's, I think, 94. And I love what he says. He says to people who are newly retired, he says, if you sit down in your chair and turn the TV on, you're going to die. You need to stay active and you need to get out and volunteer. And that is just the best advice ever. Right. Well, find something you're interested in. Mm-hmm. What, what do you like? And then do more of it. I mean, really, yeah. that's the beauty of midlife is you, your responsibilities lessen potentially. Now, we talked a little bit before we started about the whole sandwich feeling. Sandwich so we, generation. I'll come back to that. But I think really when you have the lesser responsibilities, more freedom with your time, be intentional with that and add more things you love. I mean, how does it feel? My son, I have a 13-year-old and a 16-year-old. My 13-year-old said the other day, he goes, Mama, I want you to take away my phone and my iPad because I don't feel good when I'm on the computer all day long. And, you know, we all have trouble yeah. controlling ourselves. So I just removed the temptation for him. But we, it's true. I mean, you sit in front of the TV or you, you scroll through social media, you know, you look at all what all your friends are doing. That does n- in no way make you feel better. No, but and when you, you wasted hours. You, you wasted hours. And that's the real tendency I see with the retirement. I mean, once you retire, suddenly where you had all this structure before, you don't have it. And so like my husband retired when we moved here to Texas two years ago. It's been a very big transition for us. You know, what is he going to, and he didn't have a lot of hobbies. He worked, you know, he left the house at seven in the morning and came home at six 30 at night. I mean, he worked uh, for, for many, many years. Yeah. So he didn't have a lot of hobbies. So this has definitely been a transition because you have these huge chunks of time. Do you just want to waste them? Well, I think you have to find what you enjoy and do more of it. Absolutely. And then, like you said, if you've worked all these years, you really, maybe haven't given a lot of thought to what you do like. So go out and try some different things. And and I think sometimes people will limit themselves because they'll say, I'd love to be able to draw, but I can't do that. I can't draw. Well, anyone can learn to draw. Exactly. That's mindset. <laughs> so what yeah. I recommend for people who are just like, I'm not sure what, I find this, I work with a lot of midlife women. This is very common is I don't, I had one lady say to me, Christy, I can tell you exactly what my children love and hate and my husband loves and hates to eat, but I have no idea what I really like. Wow. And I'm so she like, just lost herself. She lost herself. That is so common because we give, 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 give. We don't really know who we are. So the first exercise I have people do is draw a timeline of your life from your birth to where we are now, and then just set the timer for 20 minutes and go through and fill out all the highlights and all the lowlights. Everything from, you know, graduated from uh, my first kiss, <laughs> graduated from <laughs> high school, went to college, got married, got divorced. Uh, I volunteered. I did tons of work. Like when I was in my early 20s, for example, uh, I'm very active in music. I sang in a choir, all this stuff. You're going to write it all down and then you're going to look at it and you're going to go, what did I absolutely love? And then you're going to say, okay, what did I do because I was supposed to do, but I never really loved it. For me, like I've always been musical, so I played flute since I was in fourth grade uh, all the way through college and on into my adulthood. I was played in lots of different orchestras, community groups. I also sang and I was in choirs. I love singing. 
I am not so crazy about playing my flute. I still play it occasionally, but I don't really like it. So when I did this exercise, I'm like, I want more singing and I want less flute. And so that gave me like a starting point, right? Like these are things that I want more of. I, at the time I did this, the first time I'm like, you know, I've always wanted to take tap lessons. I did a little dance in high school. I'd like to do some more. So I went and signed up for tap lessons. You know, this is the freedom we have when we get to this stage of our life. And, but you have to do something, right? You can't steer a, uh, what's it called? A parked car doesn't go anywhere, right? You can't steer a parked car. That's not the phrase, but something like that. I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Like when a boat is going, it has to be going. If you're just dead in the water, you can't go in. You need motion. You need motion. You have to have some forward motion. And that's what gets so stuck, especially as we get older things slow down. You're not as naturally vivacious Mm -hmm. and you're just like lolling around in the water. You're not moving forward. And that's why you have to be intentional and you have to say, what do I really want? What would my life look like if I had an ideal life five years from right now? Mm -hmm. What would I be doing? And I think when, when you say that, I also think a lot of the, the senior ladies that I work with who are a different generation, the ladies who are in their late seventies and eighties, Really, a lot of times they had the expectation that you graduate high school, maybe, maybe you go to college, maybe not, you get married, you have a family. So I think a lot of those ladies, the much older generation, they need to rediscover themselves. And it probably doesn't feel, um, it feels pretty unnatural to them because they've always been caregivers and that has been their role forever. That's their identity and their role. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, and definitely for them, there are a lot of years left. I mean, Lord willing, 70 is not old. (laughs) 70 is young. The closer I get to it, it's very young. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is definitely not, it, it can be old, but it doesn't have to be. And I think that's where for especially women, you get there and you're like, well, my kids are all gone. My grandkids hardly need me. You know, my, my husband doesn't need me as much. What do I like? What do I like to do? Just take a couple months and start noticing. What do I really enjoy? And then figure out how to do more. That's like my mantra. Figure out what you like and then figure out how to do more and really manage your thoughts. I mean, you have to be intentional about managing your thoughts. I have a friend, um, older woman, and she is so negative. Every single thing is there's a a negative comment about that comes back. And I'm like, you know, if this is how you're living your life, that's your choice. You can do that. But we know in the studies coming out of University of Pennsylvania, University of North Carolina, Stanford, I could go on and on. They all point to a well, you know, a sense of well-being comes when we stop the negativity and we embrace the positive mindset. I call it the opportunity mindset. What is next? What's my next opportunity? Absolutely. I love that. And it it is, it's hard for me because I am just, I think naturally always positive and optimistic. It's just kind of who I am. Of course, I have my days where I have to give myself a pep talk, but, um, but I think, you know, it's just more natural maybe to me to have a very positive mindset, but it's difficult when I'm around someone negative and everything they say, I just, I can feel it like just draining me and I don't want to be around it. Right. 
So that and, is you know, totally like, normal, Lori. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly normal. So they're sucking you dry because exactly just, like if you look at the Enneagrams, if you've looked at anything, that would be an interesting guest for you as somebody who's an expert on the Enneagrams to talk about that and how we see it play out as people get older. And really, like, I think you're a seven like I am. We definitely need a lot of positive around us. Yes, like that's how we're wired. The good news for all of our listeners who are not naturally positive. It's interesting because you said something you said, I have, there are days I have to give myself a little pep talk. Well, of course, because that's what we do to get ourselves back in a positive frame of mind. There may be people listening who are like, what is she talking about? Because they naturally do not give themselves a pep talk. But the good news is that they can learn how to give themselves a pep talk. They can learn how to bring their spirits from the negative to the positive. They can learn it. So it's, it's not like you're born this way and you're stuck that way forever. And interestingly, the father of positive psychology, Martin Seligman, out of University of Pennsylvania, is not a natural optimist. He is really? not naturally positive. So I love, because as I'm taking, a, I'm getting certified right now through a course right, that I'm taking. And as he was talking about it, he's like, I have had to learn these things. And I can tell you it works because I am not naturally this way. Wow. Yeah. So he just learned to kind of retrain his thoughts and to be positive. There's all kinds Mm -hmm. of techniques and lots of tools and things that we do that move us into a sense, a better sense of well-being. You know, there's positive emotions. How do I create more of that? There are, um, he calls it his perma theory of well-being. So it means you're, you have a lot of positive emotions. You have really good relationships. You have um, meaning. You are doing things that add meaning to your life. You get in the flow. You are like engaged with what you're doing. You really, that's the E. So positive emotions, engagement. R is for relationships. You have a lot of good relationships. M is meaning. And A is... Um, Oh, my mind just went blank, but you get the idea. Yeah. This is, a, you are intentionally putting these things in your life. And these are the behaviors that will bring about good feeling that will bring about happiness. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into happiness. So I kind of, I hesitate to use that word, but what I do know is you will feel better when you do these things. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me, and I'm sure you have some other um, techniques people could use, but for me, that works if I'm in kind of a down mindset to bring my mindset back up to a positive level is I am a huge believer in every morning just going through before I get out of bed, what am I grateful for? And just because I feel like being grateful puts you in that positive mindset bad things can be going on for all of us. I mean, COVID is, <laughs> has been a negative situation for us globally. But I mean, we can't get, you know, bogged down into all of that negative thought. And like your dad did, he had to pivot, he couldn't continue doing the cruises. And I think that's the same thing with all of us. Um, it's affected a lot of people with their businesses. But instead of sitting here going, okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna shut down business and not do anything. You know, I'm gonna, do something different. Like for me, start a podcast. And, um, you know, I think it is, I know that there's techniques to help people build that up, like maybe journaling, whatever. It's it's not going to, the same thing isn't going to work for each person, but there's things you can try, like being grateful in the morning, maybe journaling. What other things would you suggest? So there, you're exactly right. And not, not everything works for everybody, but 
again, the science shows us that when we incorporate gratitude into our daily life, a simple thing like writing down three things that you're grateful for every night and then thinking about those things. Why am I grateful and what made it? Why was I able to experience that? You really have to like put your mind in that position of gratitude rather than and, and I think what happens is people find the fault, like what's wrong and what's not right. And by nature, we gravitate towards that. I mean, that is our lower brain, if you will. It's the fight or flight. It's our natural instinct is to find the bad. So by, by, by um, adding in our front prefrontal cortex behavior and thinking, we're being intentional with our gratitude. So you're exactly right. A gratitude journal is a great way to do it. Look for oh, the last A was for accomplishment, like a sense okay. of accomplishment, a feeling yeah. that I'm doing something of value that's and feeling good about meeting my goals. Here's the thing you're going to do. You're not going to allow the negative. You're not going to allow the negative self-talk. That is a huge, huge thing that will change your life when you learn how to stop the negative. And I use affirmations. I've re I have my own mind. I call them mindset reset cards that help you kind of reframe your from the bad to the good. And they work. I mean, this stuff works. That's the beauty of it is yeah. that it's not just hobbly, it's gobbledygook. This stuff really works. And so you're going to be grateful, like you said. You're going to not allow the negative. You're going to look outward instead of looking inward. When you're navel gazing, I guarantee you are not going to be your happiest. I just guarantee it because you see every single flaw. And then the, when you do look up and out, you're comparing. Okay, so stop that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, um, I've seen this quote before, and, and to me, it just makes so much sense with self talk. Would you talk the way you're talking to yourself? Would you say those same things to a friend? Absolutely not. Exactly. So exactly. talk to yourself it's like you huge. are a a friend that you love. <laughs> Be gentle with yourself. Give yourself exactly. grace. Yeah. And I think that these are the things that are going on in the background of most of our minds is all the negative. It takes seven uh, for every one negative. It takes seven positive interactions. So think about that with your family. Are you, you know, am I saying seven nice things for every one hateful thing I say? You know, really, these are this is, this is human nature and this is how we're wired. So we want to be very intentional with how we let our mind, what we let our mind think about. What are you focusing on and what are you allowing um, to, to just run in the background? Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing you said about accomplishment mm -hmm. being one of those um, yeah. factors, that kind of struck a chord in me because doing these interviews and talking with people through all different types of senior living, what keeps coming up is purpose, giving seniors a purpose. So it may be easier to find a purpose if you're still very independent and healthy. But I was speaking with someone the other day who runs a residential care home and the people she has there are people who have a lot of medical needs or have dementia but she mentioned we help them find purpose. So if their purpose is um, they love washing dishes and just love to do that, they'll fill the sink with sudsy water and give them, you know, you know, forks and things to wash or dishes to wash. And, you know, that gives them a purpose. Or if their purpose, they have <laughs> one example she gave, they have a gentleman 
who lives there. He's the only man of all these women. And they were all homemakers and they all take care of him. And it just, you know, it's so cute. It's good for him. Good to be him. But they have that purpose that they're going to make sure that he has, you know, whatever he needs that he's, she said that they're fixing his buttons on his shirt and they're just making sure he's, you know, he's taken care of. But again, they may have dementia, they may have other health issues, but they still need purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is that meaning um, what I do matters. And I am making progress in my life, even if it's just a clean sink, you know, like all the dishes put away, I'm making progress in my life. So those are inherent in kind of our human nature of things that we need in order to have a good sense of well-being. So, yeah. And I think um, the, the very beginning of it is positive emotions. So you start asking, how do I create more positive emotions in my life? Well, that goes, of course, back to your thinking. It also goes back to your actions. Like, what am I thinking about? Am I thinking about um, how bad off I am? Or am I thinking about ways that I can make other people's lives better? Or ways that I can contribute? Or am I thinking about others just in general? Exactly. And then kind of back to um, the midlife happy life. We were talking um, before we started the podcast about how a lot of women um, and you know, I'm this way, as are you, we start it later in life with our families, um, starting with with children. And we have this connection, we both have adopted children from other countries, which is a great connection to have. (laughs) But we started late. And as a lot of women do now, you start at your family's late. And now your parents are aging and may have some dementia or other issues, they're needing your help. And you fall into this what we call the sandwich generation you're having you're taking care of school-aged children you're taking care of your parents and you're probably still working so how do we address this how do we help care for these women who have so much going on that they're maybe losing themselves oh this is such a hard thing and i went through this so much i'm still probably have more ahead of me because my parents are 80 and 82 the uh, my husband is 10 years older so when I was in my uh, mid early to mid forties, his parents got very ill and we had young, I was in my mid forties cause my kids were still really young and uh, we were driving four hours to San Francisco. My husband would get a call in the middle of the night. We lived in California. He would get a call in the middle of the night and they'd say, your mother has fallen and cause they were oh, both gosh. living at home. And so the ambulance is here. The neighbor would call. So he would get in his truck, drive down to San Francisco. I mean, this went on for about four years three years. It was hard. So I remember during that time thinking, I have no idea how to do this. I did not know how to support my husband. It was awkward because they weren't my parents. Yeah. You know, so you're like this outsider, but yet you're intimately involved. I was the one going down to help. I mean, it was, it was really hard. And I always just tell women, give yourself lots of grace. Make sure you're getting enough sleep. Uh, make sure you're eating well. Don't stop and get M&Ms and a Diet Dr. Pepper. I mean, do not do that. Because stress you're, eating. <laughs> that's stress eating, yeah. And don't, or bag of potato chips, whatever your poison is. Don't do that because what will happen is you'll just feel worse. But if you can give yourself a little bit of extra grace, make sure you're getting enough sleep. 
then you're going to be physically in a better state. And there's this really interesting um, uh, science that's coming out showcasing mental health and diet, like the combination. They're, ha they're having amazing help with people with clinical depression. They change their diets to a more ketogenic. So in other words, drop the sugar and drop all the bread and drop the heavy carbs and their brains are getting better. Like they are wow. losing their clinical depression. They are schizophrenic. People are becoming not schizophrenic without medication simply by their diet. So that tells me when we're like, quote unquote, normal people in the middle of a lot of drama and a lot of um, trauma, even that the best thing we can do for ourselves is nourish our bodies really well. Okay. So that's a starting yeah. point. Then after you've done that, you're giving yourself grace. I wish I had more solutions because I don't, but just watch your mind, watch your self-talk and remind yourself this is only for a season. Mm -hmm. That's yes. one thing I kept having to remind myself. This is not forever. This is just for a season. I'm going to love them the best way I can right now. And same with your mate. I'm going to love them the best way I can right now. I want to support him. I can't do this for him. This is his journey. I can be alongside him, support him, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it, it's a, it is definitely a hard time because your kids are needy too. You yeah. know, when my mother-in-law died, I had to call, I had to, we had to find a babysitter to come stay with them because they were too little to be staying alone. And I had to be with my husband. So we were, it was like a week we were gone. And, um, I mean, we, you do what you do, but you just have to really, give yourself a lot of grace. This is just for a season. Absolutely. I think also, especially, you know, if what you're dealing with is maybe a mother-in-law who has dementia, the support groups are a great way too. And I know a lot of times we don't have time to go to support groups. There are some great Facebook pages that are support groups. There's one that is, I think it's Daughters of Dementia, something, something like that. But there's some really, there's so many great resources out there that they're, to talk, I think to talk to someone who has already kind of walked that journey is a, is a great, um, you know, great resource and lets you kind of vent and not feel like maybe you're having a thought that you think that I shouldn't be thinking that it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thought. Okay. It's okay. Right, right. It's just a thought. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that how many resources you offer too. I mean, that's, I think one of this huge services you're doing is really directing these women who are in this situation, when men, um, yeah. to get, they're not alone. I mean, you are no. not alone and it feels so lonely. It Again, does. And it's, yeah. And with senior living, it's, it's hard to find these resources and know what's the right resource, which is really the mission of my podcast is to educate and get this information out and to just be a resource. Well, you're just doing amazing work with that. I think it's, oh, well, it's fantastic. And really that they do, it is very lonely. You do feel very mm -hmm. alone. So here's the good news. Uh, of course, we always want to say, here's the good yeah, news. Definitely. <laughs> On the other side of this, think what you will have a value to help somebody else. I mean, you will be in that group saying, hey, this is what we went through. This is, you are perfectly normal. It is normal to feel this way. Let me tell you what worked for me. And then you are giving back to the very place mm -hmm. that helped you. Exactly. So, I mean, you, it's, it doesn't last forever. It feels no. like it is, but it, the reality is what is the truth here? The truth is that this is a phase of my life right now. 
and I will get through this. Yeah. And, you know, and hopefully when you come through it, you've also strengthened your bond and your relationship with your husband. Exactly. Exactly. And your children have watched because your kids are always watching what you do and they're seeing how that you react to what's going on in life. So, I mean, it's always a teachable moment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I love that you've been on the podcast today and have shared your positivity, because I love positivity, obviously. <laughs> and I love what you're doing with um, with mindset. And I have all of your contact information, which we're going to share as well. So people can find you and I'll put it on my social media too. But um, definitely check out, you know, what Christy's doing with the midlife, happy life. I think it's it's great. I love this whole movement you have going on. So, um, <laughs> and it all started when I let my hair go silver. <laughs> really? Last was year. that your yeah. inspiration? That was the trigger in, uh, yeah, last year. I just am like, I'm going to embrace who I am. I don't look like I'm 35 anymore and I'm not going to try to be for me, you know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah. So definitely come see me on Instagram. That's a great place. I have a free download, 31 po ways to be more positive. Okay. And because um, people will say, I don't know where to start. I'm like, well, try these 31 things. You could do one a day. It will definitely be, you will be happier at the end of the month if you do these things. So I have that or on my website at christylargent.com. Both of the download is available there as well as in my bio on Instagram. Okay. So, and then um, your podcast as well. Well, yeah, the podcast again is on hiatus for right <laughs> now, but we're, that's one of the projects we're going to be working on in the fall is getting this midlife happy life podcast up and running. Great. So I think that's going to be very successful. Oh, yes, thank you. I'm really, I'm looking forward to it mainly because I love connecting. Instagram's been fabulous because there's so many midlife women on there and connecting with others who are in your same boat feels wonderful. Absolutely. Well, we will have all your contact information. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's great seeing you and talking to you. And we'll see y'all next time. Thanks, thank Lori. you. Bye bye. <laughs>